Welcome to Easy in the Harness, stories, solutions, and strategies for safe, satisfying driving. My name is Corey Trout, and I am your host. What is the most important gate? This is a trick question. It is standing still. Why is standing still the most important gate? I will go into each of these in more detail, but here are the top reasons why standing still is one of the most important things your driving animal needs to learn how to do. Standing still while grooming and tacking up. It's kind of obnoxious having an animal that wanders around as you're trying to put stuff on them or clean them. Safety while hooking and unhooking. You don't want your horse wandering off when you're half hooked to a vehicle. If something happens, stopping and standing still while fixing the problem. This is the biggest one, and we go into more detail about this later in the podcast. So standing is important. We ask our animals to stand still while being harnessed and hooked. We don't want them wiggling around as we're trying to do stuff. If, we, if you've ever dealt with a horse that doesn't stand still, you'll understand why. You could get bumped into or stepped on. The horse could get itself in trouble because it's trying to move around while it's tied to the fence, or you grab the lines and they get popped in the mouth, and that makes them unhappy. But it basically boils down to safety. You don't want your horse wiggling, and you want them to be self-contained. You want them to hold themselves still. Because let's face it, even a 300-pound mini outweighs most people, and if they don't want to stand still, you can't make them stand still. If you ever drive alone, you must have an animal that stands really well while you hold on to your lines and hook them up. Or you know you have them tied to the fence and still have the lines in your hands. But there's still that moment between unhooking the halter or unhooking the lead rope from your gullet strap on your bridle and having to get in the vehicle. If your horse isn't standing still while you do that, you can run into trouble very quickly. So standing still isn't about forcing them to not move or to stay in a general area. It's about teaching them to hold themselves in a position. One thing that people run into trouble with is that they and their horses don't see standing still as something to actually do. It's really hard to view standing still as a task. But that's the trick, right? Especially with forward horses who like to do the thing, they feel moving their feet is the answer to everything, right? So you have to teach them that standing still is actually an activity. It may not be one that is quote-unquote active, but it is something to do and it has specific parameters and expectations that go along with it. So with some horses, you ask them to halt, and they do stop, but then they sneak forward or sideways, depending on their mood. And if this is in conjunction with being buddy or barn sour, you can keep asking your horse to stop, but given enough time, he will noodle his way to where he wants to be and stop and stand there instead. So you have to ensure that the horse stops and stays where you tell it to stop and stay. When I'm teaching a horse to stand still, I separate out the stop moving and the stand still command. When I ask them to stop, I use woe, and then if I want them to keep standing still, I'll use the word stand. It doesn't matter what you use so long as you are consistent. Some people might use the word wait, hold, park it. Whatever you want, you want it to be distinct sounding so it doesn't sound similar to your other commands. Make it easier for your animal to differentiate commands by having them sound distinct. And also separating out stand versus woe. Woe basically means stop moving your feet, and stand means don't move your feet until I say otherwise, which is two separate things. So how do you train these things? Consistency is how it works. If you are consistent with what you ask and how you ask it, your driving animal is going to respond a lot better. Different ways to go about training the stand 
can depend on the personality of the animal that you have. So classically, following the more traditional approach around horses, tying them to a fence and leaving them until they stand still, this is what I would term as the patience pole method, and it can work, but it can also cause problems too. I won't delve into that, but you know, you don't want them just standing around and giving up on life, right? But the other option is putting them back into position anytime they move out of it. The other way to train this would be using positive reinforcement. And I'm going to go through both in more detail, but I'm going to do them separately. I don't want to get into a whole discussion on what positive versus negative reinforcement is. That's going to be a podcast for another time. But most training tends to fall into one of four categories. you got positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement, positive punishment, and negative punishment. Positive means that you add something. Negative means you take something away. Reinforcement means that you're encouraging a behavior. Punishment means that you're discouraging a behavior. That's the simplest way to put it. We're going to focus on the reinforcement methods. But for the most part, we tend to avoid punishment styles because we want our animals to be motivated for what we ask them to do and not worried about screwing up and getting punished for it. So we're going to stay on the reinforcement side of things. For negative reinforcement, it tends to fall in line with more typical animal training and teaching a horse how to stand still using this. It would be adding something vaguely unpleasant in order to get them to do what we want and then leaving them alone when they do it. For example, if they walk forward, we would apply pressure to the lines when hitched or long lining or the lead rope on the ground. And when they stop moving forward, you release the pressure. If they step left, you put pressure on the left shoulder to push them back to center, release, etc., and so forth. And basically, anytime they move outside of where you want them to stand, you put them back where they started. With horses that are extra forward, they are going to have a really hard time with this because they think moving their feet is the answer to everything, and they got to go and do. It is important that you have a very small increments of success to start with. So if your horse stands still to the count of two, ask them to walk on. It's very important you ask your horse to move forward after you've asked them to stand still because if you leave it to their own devices when they want to move forward, they'll move forward regardless of whether or not you ask them to. So as a example outside of driving, this can apply to when you turn your horse or other animal out. You have them stand still and then you tell them they can go. You want you don't want them spinning and bolting off when you let them go. You want them to stand while you remove the halter. Hopefully they're still waiting, and then you tell them to walk on, be free, or whatever other word you want to use to release them from the task of standing still, and then you walk away. If they're still standing there, that's their choice, but you've told them that they can do something else. Contrast that to the horse that you try and hold still, and you're trying to undo the halter, and they're ripping their head back and bolting off and probably kicking up their heels and presenting behavior that you don't want to encourage. So if... If you never give them permission to walk off, it's, one, it's not fair to the animal, but also they don't learn that there is a word that means, okay, you can do what you want now, or you're done standing still, you can do something else. It's kind of akin to dog training when you're teaching a dog to sit and stay. You don't want to always ask the dog to come back to you because they're going to start anticipating coming back to you, right? So they'll stay, 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 and you'll watch them. They'll get tighter and tighter and tighter. And then when you say come, they, you know, jump up and rush to you. And then their stay becomes harder and harder to contain 
because you're going to have to reinforce stay, 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 because they're anticipating you saying, now come here, right? Are there times when you want to ask them to go ahead and come? Yes. But when you're training it, you want them to stay until you come to them and then release it. So similar thing with, with our driving animals. We want them to stand, and we want to be the ones releasing them from the stand. We don't want them anticipating the move-off portion of the, the behavior. Even if you're just turning them out, if you make sure that you use that release word after the stand, whether it's walk on, be free, what have you, it helps to reinforce that stand means don't move your feet until I tell you to do something else. So when it comes to using negative reinforcement to train the skill, it's going to be asking the horse to stand still. They start moving, you put them back where they started. If they walk forward, you back them up. They back up, you step them forward. Sideways, you push them back to center. Because as I said earlier, they will noodle their way to whatever direction they want to go. If they can get two inches of progress towards their goal, they'll take the two inches of progress and they will keep trying to noodle out two more inches every step they manage until suddenly you're back in the barn and you wonder how you got there. Anyways, reinforcing the importance of standing still in a single place can be is done by putting them back in that exact place. There's different ways you can help yourself visualize this if you have a hard time determining where you are in space. You might draw a circle in the dirt and your goal is to try and keep your horse's front feet in that circle. Or say if you're practicing this on a fence line, tie a ribbon to the fence where you want the horse to be and keep the horse oriented perpendicular to the fence nose lined up with the ribbon. And depending on your horse's personality, you may only stand still for two seconds and then ask him to move on. If we say tie them to the fence, stand for two seconds, walk away, come back to the fence, whoa, stand, rinse, repeat. If you're using a circle on the ground to park them on, park in the circle, whoa, stand, count to whatever your horse will tolerate, walk on, come back to the same spot, and repeat. Over time, you'll get a horse that stands better. The horse will understand that you aren't going to force them to stay there forever. And if they stand still for even two seconds, they get to walk off and do something else. Don't use the exact spot all the time. Use different places to stand and stay there. But for some animals, at the very beginning, it helps to have a consistent spot of this is where we do this thing. You just don't want to get sucked into doing that forever because then they'll sometimes think that this is the only place we do this thing. Gradually, you'll increase your horse's tolerance for the amount of time you ask them to stand still. Again, you can start at two seconds, then five, 10, 20. Generally, I find if you make it to the 30-second mark, that usually means that their mind is quiet enough that they're not going to be looking for something else to do. I don't necessarily make a whole training session out of standing still for 10 minutes at a time. But that's the basic gist of standing still using negative reinforcement. On the positive reinforcement side, and I'm not going to get into the whole dissertation on positive reinforcement, it's become a lot more acceptable training method, whether you use an actual click, treat scratches. You're adding something the horse enjoys to reinforce the behavior that you want. I use the word yes as my bridge signal, but use whatever you want, and this can be a combination of what they would call target training. With target training, you typically have a target object, and the horse goes over and touches it, and you reward that. You can use a stall mat on the ground, a hula hoop, I will note that if you use a hula hoop, be extra careful because sometimes horses don't pick up their feet and they could get into trouble kicking, them, kicking it into themselves or knocking it over and frightening themselves or what have you. So a circle in the dirt is probably a better choice, but whatever floats your boat.
So you have your target area, you tell the horse to stand. When they stand for the time you wanted, you mark it and reward. This is a bit harder if you're in a vehicle because you don't necessarily want to be stepping out of the vehicle, giving your horse a treat and stepping back in. It'd be easier if you had a groom with you to step out and provide the reward. Or if you've reached a point in your positive reinforcement training where you don't need to use a reinforcer every time and you can pretty much just reward off the bridge signal or marker, that's great. Of course, you would start this out of the vehicle and either on a lead rope or long lines to get the behavior down before you would do it in the vehicle. And the same thing applies with positive reinforcement as well as negative reinforcement. You must release them out of the stand. You don't want to leave them there forever and then have them decide when to come out of it. So this is also a great way to teach your horse to ground tie. Same principle, or you teach it exactly the same way. When they move out of position, put them back in position. Reward when they stand the set amount of time you had in your head. When you have a fidgety horse, you start with a very high reward rate. Every two seconds, click reward. Every over time, spreading out to 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's a, or 20 seconds, not minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes would be a long time to ask them to stand still, but etc. and so forth. Varying your level of rewards is also important. It's not always just a single treat. Maybe they stood extra well and you give them five treats and fuss over them or go do something else for a bit to let them know we're good enough on that skill and move on. Same thing with negative reinforcement. If they stand really good two to three times in a row, move on to something else. Give them a little mental break, especially if it's hard for them. So there is a second part to this whole standing thing, and we've covered the basics that your horse needs to stand still while you're grooming them, tacking up, and hooking and unhooking from the vehicle. But it is also important that you have a good stop and stand put in there because, heaven forbid, something goes wrong with your vehicle or harness. The ma vast majority of the time, you're going to be better off if your horse stops moving, whether it's a line breaking, a trace breaking or popping off, your single tree, your hold backs break, something comes unbuckled, a wheel falls off, whatever it is, if you have a solid woe and stand installed, you are going to be much, much better off than if your horse keeps moving. If you have ever watched some of those carriage wreck videos, and I know they're just awful, but it's kind of like watching a train wreck and you don't feel like you can look away. In the worst accidents you see, the horses keep moving. If the horse were to just stop and wait for people to fix what is wrong, you have much better outcomes. You have less damage to the vehicles, the people, and less damage to the animals as well. If something goes wrong and the animal stops, you can fix stuff. So this is the additional safety feature of your horse standing still. Something goes wrong, you ask them to stop. They do what they're supposed to do and stand there and wait until you fix whatever is broken or you extract them from the situation depending on what it is. Because with driving, you have an animal hooked to some sort of load, whether it is a vehicle or a drag or whatever, things can go extra wrong. If a horse bucks a rider off, you don't have an extra 500 pounds of equipment being slung around by a 1,000-pound animal. So having that woe and stand built in there is so important for everybody's safety. Animals, humans, vehicle, and even spectators that are not even involved in what you're doing. Well, I guess spectators or just random bystanders. So how do you teach them that standing still and stopping is the best thing to do when things go weird? And this is something I do before I ever hook an animal to a vehicle or anything. It can start as simple 
simple as making noise, and when they stop moving, the noise stops. You can do this whether standing still, long lining, etc. and so forth, and get to the point where if something is making a weird noise, they are going to back off and slow down rather than going faster. But let's face it, if you're hooked to something and it's making a noise while driving and you go faster, the noise is going to get worse. Going faster makes more noise and makes it scarier, and then the animal gets sucked into a cycle of fear that makes them keep going and going and gets them in worse and worse trouble. Showing them in a safe environment with no consequences whatsoever, if they do take off, is the best way to introduce this. So teaching them that if there's a scary noise, backing off and slowing down makes it better. You can use positive reinforcement with this too. When they slow down, mark that and reward. But either way, it's introducing the noise. When they finally slow down or stop, the noise goes away. I just can't, I can't uh, emphasize enough how important this is. This plays into the react and respond discussion that I'm going to do as well. If something weird is going on and they are looking to you for what to do, that is exactly what you want them to do. If something weird is going on and they look to you for answers for what to do, great. If they're checking in with you, great. Then you can tell them what to do and it's all good. With, with some of the larger animals we drive especially, we don't want them to decide it's every man for themselves when things go wrong. You know, every once in a while you can have an animal that says, shut up and let me take care of this, and they do a good job of it, but most of the time you don't want them just doing the thing. Large herbivores are not the best decision makers in a crisis situation. So hopefully you got a lot out of this little discussion on the most important gate. If you have any questions or comments, you can email them to easyintheharness at gmail.com or through our Patreon, there is the ability to comment there as well. And remember, you have freedom when you're easy in your harness.